0: In the world where virtual assistants are voiced by humans in order to add personal touch, you just got a job as Sandra. Your personal life gets in the way of helping a user objectively. Can you rectify the situation in time and prevent a crime from being committed? Today, in my pizza hoodie, I am dropping you into the plot of another podcast. I know, it makes like zero sense. But I need to chat to people about this one. And literally, none of my friends have listened to it. And I think it's a, such a great conversation starter, like, beyond anything I've listened to. I listened to the Spanish version of it, and the English version of it. So, Sandra is the English version, then Sonia is the Spanish one, you have Sara, which I think is German, and then Sofia, which is Italian. Let me get rid of the pink background, just because it's screaming at me, from, like, the little camera view here. Tieti, again. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, why do I, why do I not delete these pictures? Which ones do you want? Which ones do you want? Maya, they cannot hear you or answer you? Ah, they're all old as fuck. Okay, well, thank you for this in this process. I need to talk to somebody about this, because there's so many topics about it that we just don't discuss enough when it comes to AI, to virtual assistants, and crimes. And yeah, I have some questions in the end, so I really wanted to just drop you into a plot of a podcast, which, well, kind of haven't done before. Usually, it's like series or movies that are fake crime and fictional. But this time, we're changing it around. It should be a short one, okay? Should be a short one with plenty of room for a discussion. So, let's go. In the episode one of this podcast, I'll be changing certain names just, you know, so they don't come for my ass and copyright. <laughs> it's like a podcast copywriting another podcast. Doesn't matter. Move on. In episode one, we meet Sandra, who is basically just, it seems like it comes in a black shiny box and can, just like Siri, just like your Alexa, just like um, Google Assistant, it can answer any questions that you throw at her. Well, almost any. It still has that robotic voice to it. And obviously, its users don't actually understand that there is a human on the other end. We hear its commercial stating there's a reason why everyone's switching to Sandra, the world's most intelligent and responsive knowledge navigator. We familiarize ourselves with the product by hearing these couple of children buying it for one of their parents, and then the parents obviously, you know, not understanding why would you have such a thing, and the kids are kind of like nagging at the parent, at the dad being like, just ask us, Sandra anything. So he's like, okay, Sandra, where is Bratislava? And she's like, yeah, it's the capital of Slovakia, this and that. You know, answers like the common question. And then he's like, okay, cool. I mean, I could have Googled that as well. So the kids are just nagging him, like, ask her something else, ask her something else. So the dad asks her, like, okay, just play some music. And Sandra plays the music that the dad liked to listen to his now deceased wife and he just gets really emotional and the kids are like, You see Dad? Like Sandro is really intuitive. From this scene, we jump right into you. Let's call you Mila, just because I like that name. I like that it's universal, okay? And also Mila Kunis is, like, the hottest person ever. Or you could be Mila Jovic which has, like, Serbian roots. So, you know, there's no wrong option when it comes to the name. So, you be Mila, or you call yourself by your own name during this podcast episode. I'm gonna call you Mila. You're in front of the company that owns Sandra. Let's call it Teledynamics. And you are coming in for an interview. But just before you are literally to open the door, you have a phone call from your soon-to-be ex-husband because you are about to get divorced. Well, he doesn't seem to be signing the papers. He seems to be constantly postponing it. And he tells you about this shady business because it seems like those are the kind of business deals that he does on the side. He tells you about this shady business deal with one of his friends and how, you know, you could really invest into it if you wanted you, Mila. And, you know, if you only were to invest, like, this small business could work. And she's like, yeah, I really don't have the time right now. I'm gonna speak to you later or so we are like soon to be divorced. Why would I invest into your shady ass business?" So you open the door and at the reception you're kind of confused because the receptionist seems to be like on the phone with somebody. But then you tell her you're waiting for an assessment. So, she asks you for your name and details and tells you David is waiting for you in his office. And you kind of, you know, to break the nerves, say, like, does she have any advice? To which she responds, well, people who lie usually tend to succeed during those assessments. So you're like, okay, that is weird. And why do you call it an assessment and not an interview? But that becomes clear once you get into David's office. Because he tells you that it's kind of like a personality test. You just sit down and answer a couple of questions and there are no wrong answers. Like, it's from what we will learn by the end of the assessment, you're just going to be categorized in one or the other group. So, it is just to sort of assess how you would answer and deal with certain situations. So, you, Mila, are asked these questions. The first question is Would you say you're warm? And well, Mila in this podcast kind of got confused. Like she's sitting there, she's like, I mean, I'm okay, like the room temperature is fine. It's like, no, oh, no, that's already the question of the assessment. So she's like, Well, if I say I'm not warm, then of course, like that's a wrong kind of answer. And again, David confirms for her there's no wrong or right answers here. So, Mila responds, well, some people would agree with that statement, some would disagree. So, the next question is, would your parents be proud of the path that you have chosen? To which Mila says, well, my dad doesn't really care, he isn't really in my life. And then, my mom passed away a couple of years ago, so I'd say yes, you know, considering the whole situation. The next question is Are you a nester or a migrator? To which Mila here immediately responds migrator, like not a shadow of a doubt. And David is like quite surprised. He's like, Oh wow okay, well, it seems like we only have one question left. And she's like, already? Like, this hasn't been like (laughs) 60 seconds. What do you mean we have only one question left? He's like, "Yep, that's just how the program works. I literally sit down and I ask you the questions that she pulls up based on whatever data we gathered on you. The last question seems to be true or false. And the statement is, I wish I could be as happy as other people seem to be. To which Miller responds false, because she wishes she could be as happy as she wants to be, not as others want to be. So, David just inputs that in, or... Well, it seems like Sandra has heard it and has done the job herself. And she does the recalibrations, the recalculations. And Mila here is assigned to birds. And she's quite confused, as you would be. You're like, what do you mean birds? You know, it's not like department A, B, first floor, second floor... I have never worked in a place that assigns me to birds. But David quickly shows her to her floor and they pass by a couple of cubicles, we believe, because it is a podcast, it isn't a visual. They pass by the auto department, as in automotive. Then enlightenment philosophers, Morgan Freeman enthusiasts, they're All sorts of different categories based off of what people come online for. And somehow Mila has gotten birth For fuck me if I know what reason. It is never fully explained. But she just sits down in her cubicle. And she's sitting next to allergists. Like people who are supposedly experts on allergies. And are to answer any question directly to Sandra about that topic, so she sits next to Naya. I'm just using... I think Naya is actually the name on the podcast. So, I should have changed that. I'm using the names that I like and enjoy. The episode ends giving us insight of the questions that Naya gets. So, do I have a banana allergy? Can I imagine that I have an allergy? Like, can I call it upon me? And Naya is there, like, just the most blatant person sitting next to me. Like, just like, no. No, you can't, Peter. Why? Like, you cannot imagine. You cannot call an allergy upon yourself. You either have it or you don't. So, have you eaten a banana? Did you have any symptoms? Do I need to have symptoms? Like, yes, Peter. So, you can kind of see the dynamic of it. And then, finally, David sits... Mila down and asks her to take her first call. And her first call is helping this man identify a bird. So, of course, she asks for some characteristics of the bird and then manages to identify that it's a goldfinch. After that call, she finally feels relieved and she says to David, like, I'm just so grateful to be here, helping all of these people. David says, like, I definitely know what you mean. And it seems like the connection has been formed immediately. So we go into the second episode and we get a couple of more calls that we will learn David is actually monitoring. So he can listen to all of the sessions. He can replay them, obviously, for her one-to-ones on the further calls, Mila voiced as Sandra, so she still has that robotic voice behind her. It's just that she seems to be wording the answers. She's answering questions about hawks in captivity, about do birds have penises, which somehow, weirdly, the answer is mostly no. Like 97% of birds either don't have dicks or have you know, micro-penises, which was a huge disappointment came. as a truth from this podcast. Then she's helping the customers place their bird's deliveries. Because in this world, I found it so interesting. Because I was thinking how would this logistically work? So, it probably seems like, you know, somebody asks you as if you were to say like, hey Siri, whatever, whatever. Like, ask a question and then Siri would respond. Like, just read off a Google response. It seems like it is the same kind of technique here, but it's just read off by a human, and then they kind of add, like, a human touch to it, you know, so that you don't feel like you're speaking with a robot, even though it is very much voiced by a robot. And then, when it comes to, like, placing birdseed deliveries, for example, well, it kind of seems like she already has the card on the file, you don't have to, like, put a fingerprint on it, you don't have to have the face ID, you know? order to place the order, you can just say like, yep, I need it, same day delivery, place it, and then she will just confirm it in that Sandra-like voice. After a few calls, she is called into her first one to one with David. And David is kind of immediately off. So Mila is there, like, Do I ask questions? Do you ask questions? Like, mm, are we gonna talk? Like, the fuck is wrong with you? And he is saying that his VPs are kind of like behind his neck because nobody seems to care. Everybody just seems to treat this as their, I don't know, customer service job that they have worked for the past like six, seven years. And really desperately want to get out of. Sounds like a personal story. Everybody seems to just appear and not really care about adding the personal touch, which is, like, the whole point of the service. It is the whole point of why they hired humans. And Mila is there stunned, like, why would people not care? Like, she has worked in warehouses, in retail, you know, in hospitality before. She's, like, This job is amazing. Like, we are actually helping people. And every call is like a doorway to the whole new world. Like, why are people not caring? So, she tells him not to mind VPs because there are people... Like, her who truly care. And, you know, it's all that fake motivational speech where it seems like, eh, she might be sucking up to this man, but she also might truly care. And he is kind of there like, yeah, you go out, you smash those calls, you smash that quota. And you're like, okay, a bit too intense. Now, Mila is back at her table, and Naya is the epitome of the person who doesn't care. Next to her, just kind of like answering the food allergy questions like hey, how's the talk with David? And she's like, oh my god, it was amazing. She's like, okay, cut it down a notch. But then, I think the expression Maya is dropping down a notch. But sure, we'll move on from here. <sighs> Immigrant little shit. And then, <laughs> Mila answers a phone call. But it isn't her customer service headphones kind of phone call. It is rather the phone call from her mother-in-law. Well, soon to be ex mother-in-law, and we get a bit more insight into her marriage. This mother-in-law is a piece of work. Like, even in the podcast form, I was like, oh my god, I hate this woman. She's like, yeah, where were you? I left you a couple of voicemails. And Mila is like, uh, I'm at work, bitch, like, working time. What would you mean? I was in my one-to-one. Why would I answer to your phone calls? She's like, well, you know what? Ugh, in this workplace, you answer questions about words. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, your soon-to-be ex-husband, my son, he told me everything about it. Let's call him Chad. I don't know if I gave him a name yet, but let's call him Chad because he's a douche, just like his mommy. So... Chad, he told me everything about your bird answering job. I left you a couple of voicemails about him and what he wanted me to tell you. And she's like, can you not like tell me now that I'm on a phone call with you? I really don't like wasting time. But yeah, you seem to be having a virtual relationship, just like you had a virtual relationship with my son. Now, it was all nice and glorious when you got married, when you were 18. And then the last year, what? and she's just like, we were separated i was 18 when we got married like i want a divorce like you don't have a say in this marriage it's like okay then, like goodbye i'm gonna go and listen to your voicemails and in the voicemails this piece of work of a woman tells her that her soon-to-be ex-husband chad is in the county jail and that she should go and visit him no context no nothing and she's like why didn't you tell me this over the phone call After listening to these voicemails, Mila decides, okay, I'm gonna have to go visit him in jail eventually, but now I have to return to work, because it is what is helping me be distracted from this piece of work that now currently ended in jail because of his shady business. So she goes on to answer all sorts of different and weird calls on that day, like would hawk win a fight to a crow or where do birds go where it rains to which the answer is shrubs and some rub themselves from oil from their ear birds are disgusting okay also this podcast was most definitely made by a bird lover But then she gets a call where she can't stop herself from getting involved. Because the call is about this bird who got their wing stuck. It seems like a call was made by a girlfriend, but the boyfriend is kind of in the background. And the boyfriend seems to think that the solution here is to grab a rock. So Mila gets involved because... Like, this bird can still survive. You can still help this bird out. But that's not how she gets involved. She starts saying, in the robotic Sandra voice, leave the bird alone. Mike, you don't belong together. Three of your top purchases were on surviving toxic people. And then she talks to the girlfriend. Jenna, Jenna, listen to me. Has he proposed to you yet? No. You see, his search history indicates that he is thinking about it. Don't do it, Jenna. Don't do it. Don't marry him. Mike, look at the bird. Jenna, look at the bird. The bird is a metaphor here. The bird is a metaphor. Jenna, go through your stuff, go through everything, all of your possessions, and split them evenly. Don't even look back. This is a bad relationship that you are in. And... Naya, next to her, has kind of dropped the food allergy thing. She has not answered the past like five calls. She's like, oh, I'm sure that David and the rest of the management is going to love how you have given this couple relationship advice when they came to you with a bird problem. So that call was abruptly interrupted, and then in the next episode, we pick up in David's office, and you're like, okay, well, the next one-to-one certainly wasn't you yet, so she's about to get fired because of that call, but she doesn't. David mentions there was a flag on the system, so Sandra apparently automatically flags up certain calls where emotions were displayed, like, too much emotions? I don't know. How would that work? How do you see that working? How do you see a device, a virtual assistant like Sandra, working? Immediately, Mila starts apologizing. Like, I didn't mean to interfere here. Like, I didn't really mean to interrupt. Like, so sorry about this. He's like, no. This is a great thing. The users come knocking on your door. Like, this is the whole purpose of the company, for you to be more human. You followed your human instincts and it worked, because she booked a retreat somewhere and he is becoming a doula if we are looking at their browsing history. This is exactly what we want. This is why we are looking for that additional human touch. It seems like this is exactly what he wants from her. To be more human, because then people are going to trust Sandra. Sky is the limit, you know? Like, people are gonna come knocking at your doors, and you do with them as you please. Like, this is great. Just keep it up. So, making sure she uses this opportunity that David is in a good mood, Mila is there, like, so actually, is there any chance I can leave work, like, 15 minutes earlier, because... Um, I have to go and visit somebody, it's urgent. He's like, no, 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 we just spoke about this showcase that Mila that was on the floor, that was in her cubicle. Give it to me like her, like she would. So she's like, my husband is in county jail, so like, can I leave? And he's like, oh my god, leave right now. She's like, um, I'm halfway from my shift. Like, what the f-? like, no, this needs to be nipped in the bud. You're one of my best people. You're one of my best agents. Like, I need you. In that 100% level. So, you be like, oh, wow, David is such a great boss. Yeah, wait for it. Hmm. Everybody here gets a bit too emotional, gets a bit too involved. So, he lets her go. And now, <laughs> for fuck knows what reason, Mila takes an ice cream van towards a prison. Apparently, it should have been, like, just, like, one of those buses on the street. But the bus driver, on this occasion, the bus is broken, so he's driving an ice cream van. And the ice cream van is playing that ice cream tune. So, all of the kids on the street, literally every street that are passing by, the kids are running towards an ice cream van. So, what does Mila do? A logical thing. Telling this guy, um, you need to shut this sound off. And he's like, well, it's, it's broken. Like, I would have done so. Believe me, this is my whole day. So, she tells him, we'll ask, Sandra, how do you shut it off? As soon as this driver asks Sandra about the device and like, how to shut the sound off, well, she gathers some further information, like, what model is it, what truck are you driving, and then tells him where to find the switch. It literally took, like, up to 60 seconds. So, the driver is quite impressed. And then, as Mila is dropped off to this county jail, she's like, can I see a resident? And they're like, you mean an inmate lady? This isn't, like, a care home. It's a prison. She's like, I don't know. I'm not familiar with this. Like, it's my first time in freaking prison. Just let me in. And they're like, yeah, visiting hours are ending in, like, ten minutes. I don't need even that much. I just want to realize why the fuck is he there. Like, did he kill somebody? But it just so happens that apparently Chad has stolen some animals. We never truly guess the context, but you kind of see the correlation of her trying to help people with birds as pets and him just getting up to, like, any sort of petty crimes that somehow also involve animals. And she tells him it's for real next time that she's gonna appear there, she's gonna bring divorce papers. To which he responds, like, I mean, my dad, my papa, told me that if I ever get incarcerated, I should never get divorced. And, you know, she's like, wow, that is some Dexter shit, because his father also advised him on how to kill people, so that's great. She doesn't say any of that. This isn't the podcast, This is just my Dexter brain working. Anyways, she gets out of there. She gets driven again by an ice cream truck. And this time he's like, oh, should I switch on the music? As in the sound of the ice cream truck. She's like, oh, let me live. I need a break from all of this. And as she returns back to Teledynamics, David asks her how it went. She says like, I mean, I... Decided, I'm getting divorced, you know. This is exactly the Mila you wanted. is the Mila 2.0. That Mila that you spotted on the phone. That is the energy I came into this prison with. He's like, yes. Channel that in all of your calls. So, the next call that she answers is with this little, cute little child. It isn't a visual. You are imagining that a child is cute. And anyway, she addresses her by her mother's name because it is the mother's phone and she's like, Mm, that's not my name, my name is Teresa And I just want to find this bird. It was red and it was fast. What is the name of that bird, Sandra?" And Sandra, of course, gives her some options. And then the little girl asks if she's real. And she says, like, I mean, if you want me to be real, I am real to you. And of course, the little girl immediately goes to her mom, being like, mommy, mommy, Sandra said that she's real. And she's like, of course. Of course. She's a robot. Like, that is what she will say. And the little girl is, of course, saying, like, oh, you don't know anything, mom. And Sandra, once the mom goes into a different room, responds back saying, thanks for sticking up for me, Teresa. And is there, like, I knew it. I knew you were real. From this call and the next one we hear on the pod, it seems like there has been a passage of time. And it seems like this next one has been looped in with Naya, with the food allergy woman that sits next to Mila. But Mila isn't there yet. So we hear a call from a guide called Joey. And Joey has a phone call about, like, can food syrup make you drowsy? because he has eaten some pancakes and then now he's just lying on the floor looking at the ceiling and of course now he's there like doing the bare minimum like was it maple syrup cool no you're fine or you can book yourself in with an appointment with a doctor i don't truly care and then we pick up with mila in front of a prison with the divorce papers and she meets the exact same guy you know being like resident you know i know that the visit hours are about to end, but I really need this sign today. To which he responds to her that they had a bit of a situation. It seems like our boy Chad has escaped from jail. And she's like, what? That, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why wasn't I alerted, like, as his wife? was I really need this papers signed. And they're like, yeah, we have an alert. We have, you know, APBs and all of that. Not really APBs, because that would presume that they have it on his car. Anyways, uh Amber Alerts, whatever the fuck the alerts are. You should definitely know as somebody who actually covers true crime. Yeah, they have all of the red alerts <laughs> out there. They're looking for Joey, Joey Jonas boy here. This is not this is not this is not slender, okay? I just needed a different name than the one given in the podcast. So yeah. We are looking for Joey here, and we are going to let you know once he's caught. And she's like, there's no consolation. So she goes back into the ice cream truck, and this driver is like, you know what? Since last time, since you managed to fix this whole sound, I was actually thinking about getting a central. Like, how do you get it? You know, how much does it cost? And it seems like Mila has no energy. Like, everything has been drained out of her. So she's like, can I just have this trip in silence, and he drives her back to the teledynamics. As she sits in her cubicle, Maya is like, isn't it your day off? Like, what the fuck are you here? Like, nobody pays you for overtime. She's just saying, like, I need to help people, you know, it will help my mind get off of certain things. To which Naya responds, we are not helping people here. We are really making them more and more helpless. And of course, they had that, like, conversation where Mila is like, well, Dustin says we help them. And Naya is like, yeah, you're literally giving them pacifiers. You're literally talking to babies, making them more and more inept. But, fuck it. Mila sits down at her table and I is like, well, actually, take this phone off of me, because it is Joey that called this morning and seems to be on the floor the whole day. And his issue isn't food allergy related anymore. It has to do with birds. Joey tells Mila how there are pigeons all over the ceiling, like, and he's too passive to move. Are these pigeons going to attack him? He just wants to be respected by animals, because he used to have a dog, and he was respected by that dog. And Mila, following her human touch thing from the data that she sees on the screen, says... Oh, did a dog leave with Phoebe. And Joey is immediately like, I told you multiple times to erase her name from your records. And Mila plays the empathy card, like, okay, I'm so sorry, I didn't know that, I will get the name deleted. And immediately it strikes Joey as odd, like, he asks her, why are you suddenly so empathetic? Is this some sort of software update? Like, who did I just reach out to? Because people don't believe that they're speaking to other humans when they're speaking to their voice virtual assistants to divert the situation, Mila asks him about his dog, about the dog's name. And he says it's Gary Oldman. Like, the man, because, you know, he immediately, as a baby, he looked like Gary Oldman. And she's like, wow, that is hard to imagine. And again, Joey's is like, why is this a human-to-human interaction? But he says, uh, you know what, I just got a notification, which you can probably see, because you are a robot, that I should go to a doctor's appointment that I have booked. But, I mean, I'm gonna miss this one the same way you told me to miss all of the other ones. And you kind of are wondering there, like, how the fuck did Naya not flag up on anybody's system? Like, how does she still have a job telling this man to ignore all of the doctor's appointments when she's, like, in the food allergy department? Like, wow, bitch, like, you want some death on your hands. But, of course, Mila tells him, like, you shouldn't be missing your doctor's appointments. And Joey's saying, "What is the point? You already have all of my data. you have like everything from my blood pressure to like how many steps I made today. You're gonna know if I drop dead and she's like, "No, no, no. go and have your doctor's appointment. We're gonna speak later and he says how do I get through to you? Like, is this a beta software? Is it a software update? Like, is there a cheat code? So, she says, ask for birds. So, whenever you want to speak to Sandra, just ask to speak about birds. The next call that Joey makes, he immediately asks to speak to birds. So, he's put through to Mila. And they just chat about anything. So, it's definitely not about birds, which I was thinking, and I want to know what you guys think. Like, if this service was to actually exist, if they were to add a more human-sized virtual assistant, like, would you like it to be categorized so that, you know, they're experts in certain categories and that you can feel like, oh, wow, I'm really bonding with this human over my hobby, over my passion, or do you think that the true point behind a service like this is for you to actually be transferred to the right Sandra, to the right person, so that you can chat with this person about anything? Because I was thinking, like, what is the point in this case? Because like, Why is she assigned to birds and now she isn't helping... To the people that are actually interested in birds, rather she's chatting with this man about Fako. Let me know what you think. Anyways, they're chatting about like he maybe wanting to change his name. So, Mila is asking him, like, what name would you like to change it to so I can call you? We can test it out, you know? I can be like, hey, Joseph, or like, hey, Ted, or whatever name you want. So, they try that for a while, and then he's like, let us stop. I actually don't think, like, I'm gonna change my name. Mila asks him, did he go to his appointment? Like, what did the doctor say? He says, like, I didn't in the end, but you still have all of my vitals. You can even, if you wanted, go to my middle school records and tell me what I've done in middle school. So Mila is there like, yeah, let me actually do that. He's like, no, no, I don't want you to do that. But Mila is already in his middle school records, seeing that he was in Anne Frank's diary play. And she's like, well, this play doesn't seem to really have many good male characters, which means you must have played a Nazi. And he's like, yeah, fuck it, let's just move on and talk about literally anything else. So she says, I actually ordered you an. Another pillow, because I see that you wanted another one. Joey says, I already have one. So Mila asks, oh, did Phoebe order it? And immediately steps back, like, sorry, Joey, I overstepped. But you really don't want to talk about her, even just for a minute. Like, if I was to put a timer on 60 seconds, you could just, you know, talk and I'll stop a timer once 60 seconds is up. So he starts talking about Phoebe, and we find out that she has just packed up a bag and left without an explanation. So when Mila asks, do you think that she is somewhere with another man that she ran off with somebody else? He says, I don't know, but I would like to find out. Like, I really would like to have some closure. And Mila, of course, can understand how this man feels. And once that call wraps up, David pings himself into Mila's ear and he's like, oh my god, that was brilliant. And she's like, what the f- you can hear the sessions? He's like, yeah, this is exactly what I was talking about. They come knocking on your door and you are so human. You have such a great connection. And she's like, oh, wow. Okay, thank you for the encouragement. Yeah, I really felt that connection with Joey boy over here as well. Yet again, now that she has had this connection, she's having another bonding moment with David over here saying, you know what, this thing with Chad is really weighing me down. Like he seems to have escaped prison, but, you know, if I only had the time, I might be able to, like, track him down and just go to the mother-in-law. She must know where he is. One of his comeback friends must know. He's like, no, I really see that this is weighing down on you. Take it, call it a personal day. Take some time off. You're like, wow, boss of the year? I wish I had bosses like David in this podcast. I was like, the fuck would let me two days that I started, like, this week. And, you know, out of five days, I worked, like, two. But he wants this. He wants Mila 2.0 all the time. And this seems to be weighing her down. He wants her to convert all of the customers to this version of Sandra. So, he lets her go. And first, Mila goes to the butcher shop. So, we find out that Chad was apparently a butcher. And she immediately does that thing where it's like, you know what? I've seen it in music videos. There must be something shady happening in the back. And in the back, he sees this guy who is like, we don't know where he is. Like, this isn't a movie, bitch. We're not, like, dealing drugs or laundering money here. They're saying, like, do you think he's camping out in a freezer? Like, open them up. She's like, you know, I've seen Chantake by Shakira and Maluma. I know they're hidden bars. Once you enter a shop, That is still the coolest image that I have in my head. You're not going to be able to convince me that in every city of the world, some off licenses don't just open to, like, the coolest bars that only, like, 50 people know about. That would be bad marketing, but it would be sick. Like, just music videos are made in those bars. And then it's, like, for the VIPs, for the true fans like me. (laughs) Okay. But... (sighs) That warms my heart. Anyways, we are out of the butcher shop because Mila is going to her mother-in-law's house. Because she believes this guy is a mommy's boy and also he needs money. But she says she hasn't seen him. He did call her, of course, but he wasn't dumb enough to tell her where he was so she of course immediately is like oh you still want to get divorced you still want the papers oh this is why you are here you want to find somebody who truly understands you you know who you remind me of mila a half empty milk carton with just a little bit milk in it you don't even know if it's like sour you don't even know if it's best by date has expired And Mila is like, okay, yeah, I am done, I am done, I'll find him somehow, clearly not through you, but let me know if he gets in touch, okay? Let the milk carton know, like, what was that analogy even, lady? Then we hear her back in teledynamics, it seems like she hasn't found her ex, soon-to-be ex-husband yet. She's having a weird ass call with this customer who is asking her to talk to a parrot while she goes to the toilet. And then the next call is Joey. And he seems to be upset. But for a change, Mila asks him to tell her about his day. Again, the connection has been formed. And it seems like Joey has spent his day looking for Phoebe's car, in order to take it out for a ride. And you're like, okay, so did she leave the car behind? Is it towed somewhere? What's going on there? But then, because he couldn't find it anywhere, he had a mental breakdown, just sat down on the street and started crying. And somebody even passed him by and put, like, some coins into his lap, thinking that he is a homeless person. And he's just like, I'm just stuck in a hole. To which Mila says, well, I know what you mean, because I am kind of currently in a similar situation where I'm looking for closure. And she asks him if you spoke to her one more time, would it let you move on? To which he says, Of course, yes, obviously. You don't deserve this, Joey, Mila says. She leaves that this address. She gives him the full address of Phoebe's. It's time for you to talk. And then you hear the beep, 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 pee like the calling digits, numbers, sounds. And she says, hello, Phoebe, this is Sandra. I know this is unusual, but Joey here wants to talk to you. He talks about you all the time. I've heard that you of you have some unfinished business. You both need closure. And Phoebe on the other end is like, what the actual fuck? Like, why was I just connected to Joey? So, the next episode goes into that call. Sandra saying that they need closure. So, like, why the fuck aren't they talking to each other? And she's just there, like, (laughs) the third wheel, listening to the gossip. Okay? Somebody's watched a bit too much Gossip Girl combined with you. It's like, the worlds have finally intertwined. And as you would expect, Phoebe is freaked the fuck out. She's asking, how did you get my number? How do you know where I live? How did we get here? And she says, I should have gotten a restraining order once you killed a dog. And you hear Mila and Sandra being like, what? what? Wait, what? Somebody explain? You killed a dog? The restraining order? I think in that moment, Mila realized she had fucked up. But the two of them start arguing, and both of them are displaying different traits, but you can see that Joey is toxic, because the dog was apparently sick and was about to die anyways. To which Phoebe responds, that is something a serial killer would say. Like, you killed the dog because it would die anyways, like... Years down the line. So, Joey asks, how is Minnesota, Phoebe? And she is spooked, saying, like, how did you get my address? I am hanging up. I'm gonna call the police and get that restraining order against you. Because this is just unacceptable. This made me feel so unsafe. So, she hangs up. But not before Joey says, I'll see you soon. And both of them hang up. And Mila is just there, like left sitting, ruminating on that call. Like, where did I go wrong? (laughs) Why did I react on impulse? But immediately she sees David coming at her. He has disabled her access. He needs to speak with her about the session that she has just had. And of course, they immediately have to have that intervention one-to-one. David is reasonably so pissed, saying, we have told you, the users come to you, to your door, not you, to theirs, giving their personal information. Like, do you know the amount of trouble I'm gonna suffer because of these slaps of judgment? Do you know the amount of shit I'm gonna get from the VPs, from my management, from the superiors? But it's still salvageable. And she is, of course, like, yeah, just let me log in, I can still save. It's like, no, 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 no you have done enough damage. Your job, to a certain degree, is salvageable. And next, we meet the two of them entering what is called the shark's tank, which is technically a basement. It is a customer service department. And immediately, Mila realizes this is a big demotion. She meets Mama Shark, and Mama Shark asks David, is it an incident or is it a transfer? To which he responds an incident. So, she's placed into another cubicle and Mama Shark explains to her how there's a quota, the number of calls on the side and as soon as she's done with those she can go home. And this is how you put the headphones and Mila is like, I know how to put the headphones. Like, Let me just get on with it. From this point on, things start happening in parallels. So, we hear Joey have a phone call to what we assume is a car park, where they, like a car towing service. We don't really know what it is, but he's asking to pick up his girlfriend's car. He seems to have the keys, but obviously they need a license plate, which he doesn't have. They need, like, some sort of permit, like, is the girlfriend coming to pick it up? He's saying, like, no, well, he's actually a widower. She died, like, I can't catch a break. So, some how he manages to convince this man that he's gonna come and pick up his girlfriend's car. And then we see the calls that Mila is answering in this customer service center, in this call center. And all of the calls are literally like, oh, do I need a device to use Sandra? And she's like... Yeah, clearly, but you are using it right now, so you also have a device. And then that call ends, and she gets a beep whether the call has been resolved or not resolved, whether the issue that they have called about was resolved or not which I thought was super smart and, like, weirdly done to make you think again. If you are into, like, technology, if you are into virtual assistants, how would the technology know if something has been resolved or not? Like, I mean, you can always ask the customer by the end of the call, but also, like, I mean, they can say whatever. They can always say no. Like, how does the technology know? whether or not it has been resolved without that last question. I just found that to be, like, super interesting. But then Mama Shark approaches her and she's like, yeah, you're doing great, but actually, (laughs) I thought I told you only the resolved calls actually count. And she's like, no, you didn't tell me. That makes quite a fucking difference. So what? Like, this number is actually the number of resolved calls? It's like, yeah, so you need to resolve, which is, like, super fucking unfair, okay? (laughs) a bit too passionate there. But I've been in customer service way too long. It's fucking unfair because some of them just, like, mumble, keep talking, have spoken about, like, something completely unrelated to the issue of the day. Just like Mila's next caller because it is an elderly person. (laughs) And Mila is already frustrated and she's just, like, trying to answer this person's query, but she doesn't understand what the query is. And the grandma doesn't understand either. Like, somebody bought her a box, but then there was too much packaging. So, Mila is saying, I will personally make sure that all of the packaging is removed from the future products. And this grandma is like, that's extreme, isn't it? She's like, Has your issue been resolved, lady? Is why you called, has it been resolved? The grandma is like, No, what what do you mean? No, I still want to talk. And she just, they're like, Oh my god, I'm gonna be here the whole fucking day. So, because Mama Shark, when she last spoke with her, told her to take a break, she, after that call, just hangs it up. Of course, it pings as not resolved. And she's like, You know what? I might as well catch a break. And that is just when her phone rings because her soon-to-be ex-husband, also a person that is a fugitive, seems to be in front of teledynamics. He's there to sign the papers. And as soon as Mila gets out, he is a vision. It looks like he has been living in the rough. So, he tells her, yeah, he's been living in the woods. But he even got to a shop, which hopefully doesn't have CCTV, and he got one of those pens that have, like, four colors. You know, it's, like, the black, the blue, the red, the green. He's like, yeah, I have all of the colors. So, which color should I use first? Which color should I use second? You're like, how old are you, my man? Chad, Chad, how old are you, Chad? (laughs) Once he signs those papers, which I don't know how that works, either, like, can you sign the divorce papers, all of them in different color, doesn't that seem suspicious to lawyers? But anyways, that is how he signs it, and then he's like, hey, I actually got, when I was getting this pen, I got you know, a bottle of champagne. Let us have a toast to us getting divorced. And she's like, I'm working, my man. Like, this is already a nightmare of a day. Already been demoted. And at that moment, David is approaching. The boss. He is approaching. He's like, I'm here to support you as a mentor at this final breakdown, this final moment of truth. And she's like, wow. Chad, of course, is like, oh, wow, you already found a new boyfriend? Like, who is this guy? And She's like, he's not my boyfriend, like, he's just a mentor, a boss, whatever. it's like, yeah, I'm more than a boss. I'm here to support you for this final challenge. You see, he... I, I've heard all about you, mate. Like, she is so talented. She's one of our best performers. And, yeah, I'm here to support her, to cut the ties off with you. And like, Okay, everybody's overstepping boundaries here. So... Of course, Mila being as pissed off with her demotion and everything going on, she's like, no, you're not my boss. He's like, I think I am. So she says, no, you're not, because I quit. From this point on, everybody has read the situation, right? David is like, yeah, don't come crawling your back. Like, you have so much potential, and you are leaving this work for him. She's like, nah, that's not really how it is. I'm leaving this work because I got demoted, and technically, you told me exactly what you want me to do in my job. That was also very unclear. You told me they're gonna come knocking at my door to be more human, all of that bullshit, and then once I've done it, you freaking demoted Promoted me. And Chad here is like, oh my god, you're quitting for me. We're not getting divorced. No, we're still getting divorced. This van, is it it yours? I mean, seems stolen. Seems stolen, Chad, but let's just get into the van and drive. Mila asks, how much petrol does he have? How far will it go? Will it go to Minnesota? So, we're like, okay, oh, she's gonna find him because she probably knows where he lives, or she's gonna go directly to Phoebe's address and try to prevent a crime, which there are ways, okay, I, I don't want to <laughs> spoil this, but this doesn't end in the logical way, right? What would the logical way be? If you already remember this woman's address, you call the police to do a welfare check, to go there. So, if you are preventing a crime, you jump on that call right about now, even before the shark tank, even before you being in a van. But that's not what she does, because she thinks she can prevent anything from happening. Meanwhile, Joey has called Sandra again, asking to speak about birds, but he doesn't know that it's an actual human who just got demoted and then quit her own job. So, he starts speaking with whoever he got, whoever the other person was that worked in that department, and he's asking her, like, what were you thinking? To which Sandra is answering in the robotic way, so, I don't know what you mean, Joey. So, he just asks her, like, okay, clearly the secret code has been deactivated. Just send me a list of bars in the area. I'm just gonna go and drown my sorrows. And you're like, okay, that is the wrong move. But of course, this Sandra seems not to have a history of what has just happened and sends him a list of bars, which again, you would think, like, where does the liability lie? Does it lie with a human? Does it lie with a service once a human fucks up? Who who has the body of proof? That is not what you are trying to say. I hope no lawyers are watching this. Or I actually hope that there is somebody legal watching this to actually give me the right terminology. You know what I mean? The burden of proof, I think, is the term. Let's just move on before you say all of the terms that contain the word proof in them. And maybe later you can actually Google and put it on the screen what the fuck you're trying to say. Inside of the event, Chad and Mila are having the weirdest conversation. Because Chad is there trying to profile this man. Like, no, I listen, you told me everything about him now, so... What I think about him is, right, he seems like a creep. No, I definitely think, like, all of the red flags should have been going on in your head. Because, you see, he talks to robots, like right? Like, he lies on the floor, sees pigeons in the sky. Like, he seems like a serial killer. He's talking, technically, to a microwave, to to a hoover, you know? You are, technically, one of those, right? And she's like, okay, great, nice, you should definitely do some marketing promos for freaking Sandra. But then he makes a good point. He's like, so he is mumbling to himself all day. That is creepy, but also he seems to be dormant, like, as in, he seems not to be moving much, doing much with his days, meaning, can you not find out where he is, so that we have his location, and, like, where he is right now, and immediately it pops into Mila's head, well, yeah, let's use Sandra. So she's like, hey, Sandra, I am one of you. I'm also a Sandra. But she got like a grumpy one that did not understand what the hell was going on. The Sandra that she got was like, who are you really? Like, imagine if her name was actually Sandra. Like, (laughs) you're like having an identity crisis with a freaking virtual assistant. After that unsuccessful call, Chad asks her, well, how did he get through to you? every time. And she's like, oh my god, this guy is a freaking criminal, a fugitive, <laughs> I'm in a car with, and he seems to be clocking this faster than I am. So, she calls out for Sandra this time, and she asks to speak about food allergy. She's like, hey, I suspect I'm allergic to peanuts. And immediately, she's passed through to Naya. So, she's like, hey, Naya, it's Mila, you know me, I actually quit, and I need to find out where... This man is right now. Now, you'd think any normal virtual assistant would tell you to fuck off whoever you are. But no, Naya tells her that he is in Cleveland. So, the two of them are kind of brainstorming like, okay, cool, that's kind of far from Minnesota. Like, he still hasn't moved as in. Like, there's no indication that he's actually headed to her house. So, Mila digs in deeper. Like, okay, what about his activity feed? Like, where is he right now? To which Naya, of course, pulls up the pictures he's taking, and apparently he has taken a couple of pictures of his milkshake. But then, looking further back into his activity feed, Naya shares with Mila that he has gone to a hardware shop. He bought some outdoors equipment, a baby monitor, a duct tape, some hunting accessories, and one of those tarps that is used by hunters to contain deer blood. And immediately, Mila is like, okay, okay game plan. I I can change him. If only I could talk to him, I can change his mind. Because it seems like we do have a potential killer on our hands. Like, he's gonna go and kill him. We don't even know the history. We don't know anything about this man. But if only I can talk to him. So, she gives Naya instructions that David and nobody in this company is interrupting any of these calls. No, it just flags up on the system later. So, she gives Naya instructions to patch her through to Joey and to muffle her voice, so that she sounds like Sandra. And this is apparently, again, technologically doable in this story. Once Naya confirms that she is through, and that the voice has been muffled, we hear her speak with Joey, saying that he should stop what he's doing, stop where he's headed, and saying, like, you, you've known, you've always known that you have been speaking to a human being. Think about it, Joey. Why would a machine tell you to stop what you're doing? I know that some part of you is good, you can still turn around, you can still go back. You don't have to act on an idea. Just because it was an idea, it doesn't mean you need to act on it. And Joe is there like, yeah, no, you know what, you're right. That's what I've been doing my whole life. I would just have an idea, and on impulse, I would act on it. I mean, that is kind of why I killed the dog, you know? And all of that, she's like, oh my God, I knew it. I knew I can change you. I knew I can change your mind. But you see, Sandra, if that is your real name, because it probably isn't, I think we should kick this relationship up a notch. Because as you see, I'm on an adventure, Your company, it's Teledynamics, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is the company that produces Sandra. Just like Phoebe, you're just another dot on a map, and I can't wait to meet you in person. Have you seen a river running through Cleveland? It is polluted, but it's also so beautiful. It looks just like this. And you hear the plop as the phone is submerged into what we believe is the river in Cleveland. And... The whole podcast series ends with Chad asking, is it bad that he disposed of his phone? And Mila being like, yes, it is bad. The end. The end of Sandra, of Sonia, of everything. I wish, like, this was produced in 2018, from what I recall, and there was no, like, other season. I wish to know where they pushed it, but, like, it is such a great conversation starter, okay? This is why I had to share it, because what would you do? If you, by any chance, were in the same position, if you had some form of a slip-up, hopefully not to this degree, but what do you do? How do How do you think it should be rectified? Like, who should be behind it? Where does the burden of proof, where does the liability lie? Is it with a company, and why are they not doing anything? Because it's probably in those thin, small letters in the terms and conditions. Or is it on the human? who now knows that they have fucked up and should really be responsible for any further actions that would have come out of a situation like this. And I was thinking while listening to this podcast and then googling a couple of things after, like this is probably why virtual assistants will never be voiced by humans in this kind of way that we have just described. Because somebody would be in deep shit, as in, like, probably humans would actually be going to prison for their mistakes. And, you know, it's much easier justifying serious actions or inactions to whoever is managing that department in Apple, or, you know, in Amazon for Alexa, or Google for Google Assistant. Of course, also, though, Siri or any virtual assistant wouldn't give out human address, like, wouldn't give out address, like, contact numbers for somebody in probably any situation, unless it's literally public, like, their business and stuff. But then again, imagine. Imagine if there were a glitch. Like, imagine if there was a data breach, which happens in so many companies, where the passwords are exposed, where people hack other people's accounts imagine if something like this was to happen with virtual assistants. Like, who is to take the blame? There's so many little legal loopholes there that I assume are covered by terms and conditions and their privacy policies and all of that, all of the legal documents online to cover their ass. But then I was also thinking, like, what if, and I googled this in multiple different ways, I couldn't find much, like, what if I was to now be like, hey Siri, which isn't activated as you can spot on any of my devices, because I just fucking hate the bitch, so, like, if I was to say, hey Siri, I'm planning to commit a crime, like, whatever I was to say, wouldn't Siri have some form of obligation to then, like, you know, trigger immediately, the emergency number, the way you can have a shortcut on your phone to trigger emergency services. But it wouldn't. I mean, trust me, probably if Google or Siri or anything had that ability, I'd be the first one on the red list just because of all sorts of things I Google for true crime research every week. And you can understand why, because obviously data privacy reasons, you know, Siri ain't no snitch. Like, there are people that Google all sorts of different things every week, and it doesn't have to mean much. It can mean that they work that the police, that they're researching something, it mean all sorts of different things. But it can be used against you if they find those records. There are limited amount of cases, to be honest, from what I have found online, just a couple of articles on, like, the first couple of Google pages when you look into it. But there is time that data that you have Googled has been used to prove premeditation. But, of course, then they, I mean, the prosecutors have to request it from Google, Alexa, whatever the company is. Which, again, is interesting because it means that you do need a warrant, which I assume protects us as humans. But then, the same way that you want a shortcut for 911 or 999, depending on where you're at for emergency services, or you want to be able to text those kind of services, which, by the way, you should register in the UK. I'll put that in the description notes of how you can do that, to register to text emergency services if you can't speak, for them to be sent to you. That was actually established, I think, because of Sarah Everard's case, or it could be a long time before, but that's when it became really public, because that could have kind of saved so many lives, to be honest. So people should really know about that. But the same way that we trigger emergency services, you know, what if there were other ways to trigger if somebody was thinking about, I don't know, committing suicide or actually committing a crime how would we go about assessing the seriousness of that? Like, is it just for research? Is it just somebody searching for how to get away with murder TV show? Or is the threat real? And like, would humans help in those instances? And then what would the legalities be around that? You let me know what you think about that and what you think about virtual assistance versus, like, prevention of crime or then proving premeditation in the aftermath. Because I need to talk to somebody about this. This is why I'm venting. I'm like, hey, I'm listening to this podcast about twice in English now and once in Spanish. So, I'm ready. I'm ready for what you have (laughs) to come at me. I think it's a good conversation starter because definitely this technology will go different places in the upcoming years. Whether it is Siri, whether it is Amazon, whichever company is gonna go different places. The change that I have seen when I was researching this. (laughs) So, I don't know why I researched it. It's just literally, like, I give myself these fake crime minisodes in order to listen to a podcast and not do research. And then I just go down a fucking rabbit hole. Is that what has already changed... I swear this is the last bit. That what has already changed is how virtual assistants talk back at you when you say you have been, for example essayed, like, sexually assaulted. There are already approaches of how Siri is working to, like, soften the response so that it assesses that it is a raw subject and also so that it advises you that you should do something about it, that you should report, you should talk to somebody about it. Whereas before was like, you could, or like, you can talk to somebody. So like, even just like the small linguistic alterations can kind of like aid in the humanity aspect of it. I don't know, let me know what you're thinking, because I think It will definitely change, just like the rest of technology in the upcoming years. But would it ever change where the virtual assistants are voiced by humans? Do you ever see that happening? And how? Like, what would the logistics be? And how would we deal in situations like this that I have outlined for you today? But I shall be seeing you probably on Monday. I shall be seeing you soon or shortly. (laughs) My god My God So go listen to the podcast and then chat with me in the comments okay? Like and subscribe all that good jazz <laughs> Oh my god. what was that? that was a villainous. That was a villainous laughter Cruella